0: Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've
1: got science to celebrate Demons, Bliss now! After 50, Come on!
2: I it in the wind. it Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaurs, why i like to put those here to test our faith. a damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? We did it in
1: illusions, man! None of it is true! I know it's This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion.
0: You know, I'm going to hit record so we literally have this on the beginning of the episode. Perfect. Okay. Dude. Welcome to the Deep Share podcast, everybody. It's time to go Moment. within to get out because we're here with Dwayne Hayes and Andy Gerard. And we're kind of doing a part three, if you will, of the taking of the 20th century.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, yeah, this is a an, a wonderful image that Andy came by. And thought he'd share it with me and Dwayne, and it's just fucking—it it does speak volumes, man. And
3: yeah. If you're running. going, if you're going through some hard times out there, guys, take a look. Take a look. For those, for those
0: just listening, it's a little plant busting through a hard plastic <laughs> yeah, flooring, too. and it's just awesome.
3: And concrete too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. It's a Nothing
3: there's a sidewalk. Will stop it. There's a sidewalk underneath it, and then there's the hard rubber surface. Mm -hmm. and this thing is just busting out like you can't stop me Mm -hmm. i'd like (laughs) to see
2: what that evolved into if you gave it a month or two to just grow right yeah i'm gonna (laughs) go
3: back i'm gonna go back i think tomorrow and see if it's still there and uh hopefully they didn't cut it out yet because we know how they like to just Mm -hmm. uh round up everything so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's still on the shelves at walmart uh (laughs) <laughs> 11 billion dollars in uh criminal penalties still on the shelves at walmart baby oh it's mm-hmm. still
0: still lining the garages of so many american families like including my dad like he i don't my dad, my up dad. anymore but i think my mom's finally kind of convinced him because we've convinced her it's like it's like fucking dominoes you know but mm. yeah it's just the 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 automatic response to nature getting out of control i mean i get it yeah you want a nice neat lawn on, but that whole history of that is is corrupt and ridiculous anyway it was basically mm. just to 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 rub it in the faces of the the you know the lower classes that had to use their mm. property to grow food
3: I bet Bernays, yeah. I bet Bernays was involved in that, just like bacon and eggs. He probably uh, <laughs> it could have be. been his time, but it could have been. <laughs> well yeah, it could have easily been. Everybody that you had to have a perfectly groomed manicure <clears> on <throat> instead of letting the blackberry bushes, uh, you know, do their thing. Does yeah, dude, it's so, it's
0: such a it, it? Yeah, it falls in line with their completely sleek sci-fi aesthetic that they love everywhere. You know.
2: Well, Roundup here in Canada, when you go to buy it at Rona or Home Depot is behind a lock and key. So you have to find a representative to open it for you. So you can't actually freely get it. And they had, and those signs on there that say that it's it's a carcinogenic.
3: It's behind a lock and key. They're doing and, that with a lot of stuff now. Like yeah. stuff that wasn't behind lock and key before. Saw it come out with like the replaceable razors for shaving. And mm-hmm. now you see it with... Uh, I saw it the other day at Walmart with uh, condoms. So those are behind, like, and key now. Really? Like, yeah. It's That's like, weird. Oh, well, somebody it's told me.
0: It's theft. It's absolutely theft. It's because I mean, you guys have all seen the viral videos, like, of just people just walking into whatever store they want and just taking yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I have seen that. It's,
0: crazy. it's like I'm trying
2: dogs. not to watch that because it just enrages me to watch that going on.
0: Yeah, man. No, I hate it. They're trying to fill our uh, news feeds and our algorithms with like uh, kids fighting and, yeah. and grown adults. Yeah, you can see it. Racial wars and shit. Like, all, they're just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. As mm-hmm. long as we keep saying no and don't click on the fucking videos. Like, yeah, but I want to see that yeah. guy get punched. Right. I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just noticed when I watched that within 30 seconds, you know, I'm angry and upset yeah, yeah. And, and emotional. So, you know, I try not to watch those. <laughs>
3: no, I hear you, man. Hear That's you. why I needed that detox. Like I was saying, you got, yeah you guys, before yeah, I came yeah, yeah. on, I was like getting some serious anxiety about, uh, just, you know, it's, I know it's cause I'm like unprepared, you know what I mean? Like when you're not attacking certain things or addressing mm-hmm. things, they build up and they build mm-hmm. up, but mm-hmm. circumstances and whatnot, but it was just like, I had to detox, man, like I, I've communicated with you guys through messenger. I'm, and that was like yeah. the only thing I was doing. I would listen to maybe one podcast a week. I was doing more reading, um, Good. walking in nature, go out to the lake, throw up a hammock, hug a tree or two. Nice. And I was like, if I'm feeling anxious, I hug a tree, go for a yeah. walk. Man. I you feel come better. Out of
0: that winter I, yeah. slump too. You know, yeah, a lot of us, are, a lot of us that you know, or in areas that do get pretty cold in the wintertime or, you know, just anything that kind of draws us inside during the wintertime, you know, you kind of got to break through that in the beginning of spring and into summer and everything. And it's like a winter depression in a way for a lot of people too, Yeah, like for that sure. kind of compounds. So yep. I'm doing the same thing, man. I've been not getting outside for months and like, uh, You know, now, of course, the gardens forced me back out there, but I got to get back to the mountains and get hiking again, because that's when I really feel alive. Past like four months, I've had the worst like leg and back pain. And I keep telling my wife, you know, keeps rubbing me and everything and saying, what is changed? Like, what is what's going on? And it's because I don't fucking hike anymore. It's because I haven't Mm -hmm. had time to really get out there and hike a lot. And uh, yeah, man, just getting out in nature kind of resets everything for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, So tonight we're going to talk about the opposite of nature. We're going to talk about the people that are basically trying to annihilate it in every sense of the, the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. i know that when i first brought up getting together again we i probably it was probably because you Dwayne, dropped some bomb in the messenger feed or something mm-hmm. and i was like can we talk about this i can't <laughs> remember what it may have been but i'm sure that we can kind of just get into whatever and see where it takes us
2: yeah i've put it together just some tabs here i can share those things we're going to try not to go over some of the stuff that we've gone over in part one and two good idea but i think the conversation that we were having there last week was to do with the house of truth and this yeah this political salon that's one mile from the white house and you know where three supreme court justices were either living or were you know honored guests and often there for dinner parties, and so those unfamiliar with a political salon, it's just really a a place where the parasite class essentially uh, gets together and discusses politics and the direction of foreign and domestic policy, and so, you know, the people that were in this place you know, 100 years ago, 1912 to 1919 is essentially when they were there and this is the height of the progressive movement or the peak of the progressive movement. So you've got three highly influential Supreme Court justices that still today are considered that, top five for sure. Uh, You have the father of modern uh, American journalism. So, you know, it doesn't take much to prove that media has been corrupted and it has been so for a long time. And when we look to universities and how they are actually training journalists in media studies, they point to Walter Littman, mm. a resident of the House of Truth, as the father of modern American journalism. Now that's in quotes. That's that comes from you know a university professor, uh, you know that are teaching the the rising class of the new journalists, and so they right. they base everything that we see today off Walter Lippmann, And once you get into the, the mind and the life of Walter Lippman, you can see the similarities and how all of this is, has been born from this one seemingly obscure address at 1727 19th Street, you know, blocks and walking distance from guys like Bernard Baruch and the Phi Beta Kappa headquarters and, you know, the uh, Scottish Rite Freemason Temple. It's all within just a two or three minute walk in the carnegie institute and so i think that's probably what we should talk about is how this giant network of people that hate nature and want to replace it how they've sort of devised this new world order i mean we 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 talk about the new world order and we understand some of the aspects of it but we don't uh, really get into the subtleties and and just how everything was compromised from, you know, yeah. Hollywood movies and to, you know, just social aspects, socio-economic lives of the people of the West. So
3: grateful, like, dead, know, grateful dead concerts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> All manners of pop culture, brother. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, we
0: could definitely get into that <laughs> a little bit later on too. Cause... I would love
2: to hear what you what happened there. So find some time Cheers. as we're talking here just to describe <laughs> what was going on there.
3: I will, and it was um, an anthropological study. I'll tell you that <laughs> it was. I felt like an anthropologist. I wonder how, how many
0: spooks were around you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> actually, you there die? was uh, there was one moment just quickly before the show started. So they have Shakedown Street where all these vendors pop up their tents and you see all these signs. I don't know if you watch the video I sent you, but see all these signs attached to the 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 tents that say, need a miracle, you know, um, need a birthday miracle and uh need two tickets and need tickets and all this. Like these people that follow around the Grateful Dead. You know, I, I met one guy who uh it would have been that show, and the next show, like two days later, would have been his six hundredth show.
0: Six hundred I mean, times, you even keep count at that point. So I mean, just so imagine much how much
3: acid he's done. <laughs> if it's if he's been to six hundred shows, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, <clears throat> there's a reason they call them deadheads. Right. There is an absolute reason that they are called deadheads, and it's just I understand the appeal to like break away and escape. You know yeah mm-hmm. um for those that don't know i used to be addicted to all kinds of pills heroin you name it you know i lived in escapism and um now that i don't i've never been more happy in my life and
1: Amen. from time
3: to time i'll you know smoke some marijuana have a glass of wine here and there but it's like to see these people by the, the thousands following these people around with re- religiosity, you know, and the, the fervor and the the costumes and the the armor, you know, it's without even for a second thinking about how they could be how they could be being manipulated or led, you know. Right. Um, right. but right. one moment right before the show, there was like maybe seven or eight guys that started making all this noise uh 6 up 6 up 12 12 or whatever and they're they're chasing these guys out of the shakedown street area mm-hmm. they're like fucking feds narks this and that and I'm like do you realize that this entire <laughs> like hey, don't, this don't... entire thing that you're involved in was created manufactured wholesale yeah, by man. the central intelligence community and what I was actually shocked about was the fact that there was no security presence none mm. anywhere mm. i saw one badged uniform police officer and there was 20,000 people there
2: yeah wow no really? one Jesus one dude. and when did jerry garcia die
3: it was like the late 90s wasn't it
2: a long time ago,
3: oh, yeah. Now they got John yes. Mayer, you know, who used to sing you fucking, Your Body. Is that is a are you serious? Man. Yeah, he, uh, John really Mayer's
2: amazing. the lead singer for the Grateful Dead. Yes. Now, yes, let sir. me tell you,
3: I will give him, he's a good guitarist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, just gonna say, I'll give him Get a couple shred.
0: points for his legitimate classic guitar style, yeah. like he's a genuine guitarist. Oh my
3: god, I did not, but know he uses
0: that. it like shit, and he tours with the Grateful Dead and he writes. <laughs> fucking r&b love tunes
3: so i your yeah, body I really is know. a wonderland <laughs> to girl, I guess. <laughs> you know so yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah he's singing to a 12 year old most likely I mean, yeah serious, yeah right
1: yeah. so uh, you know that's
0: something just a little just... sidetrack real quick that you know i think i put up something uh where pete holmes the comedian was talking about some bruce springsteen song where it's like hey little girl is your daddy home yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's one And then, you know, you could you could literally take all of the classic rock that our parents grew up showing us and stuff like that. It's all filled with that one phrase, little girl. Yeah. Lots of Led Zeppelin. I have never heard my father once tell me that that was like some common way to refer to a crush or anything like that back Mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what they were doing. I feel like they were literally trying to just sneak that in and push that in zeppelin the doors Beatles, yep. or stones all of them so oh yeah Blech. yeah anyway so yeah
2: <laughs> and so also the grateful dead you know that's the origins of the uh, the temporary autonomous zone that's what a concert is it, it removes sort of the social taboos and you're a, you're able there to to just sort of be freer and and i was just watching some stuff from uh, Ken Kesey's Merry Pranksters. They went on an anniversary tour, and you know they're they're all just freaks, you know, and they're doing just the wildest, crazy, dysfunctional things. And
0: they did another bus tour, like recently.
2: No, this is this is actually old too, because Ken Kesey's dead a He's long dead time too, ago. Yeah. but it was some sort of fiftieth anniversary or something, oh, and they okay. fired up the bus again, and they Jeez. all, you know, a lot of the original members were on there, and they did. Whatever they did, I don't remember what the, the path that they took, but they took that bus back out. And so I just wanted everybody to know that, you know, the, the rock concert, the idea of the rock concert even, is is part of this where everybody gets together and, you know, the, the normal societal laws and rules that keep us behaving are kind of thrown out the window at a concert. And You'd see that every time you go to a concert, there's going to be some things that you wouldn't normally see on the street. Although, as we progress in this, whatever this is, we're seeing more and more of that activity just as normal outside. You know, seeing a lot of drug addicted people here in Kelowna, and it's uh, out of hand. We're seeing tent cities everywhere, you know, not just San Francisco, but, you know.
0: Yeah, it's becoming Woodstock worldwide. Yeah. Or it's really
2: normalizing Bondi. this radical behavior, you know. You see yeah. in a lot of places, not just in concerts.
0: And, and a lot of-, of concerts. I grew up with death metal, so I would go to like death metal concerts all the time. And all we did was mosh, so we didn't necessarily mm-hmm. hit each other. We were just violent right around each other. That was the whole yeah. thing. And, and yeah, and it was you know Slayer was great, you know, B- mm-hmm. fake blood rained down on us and shit. <laughs> so like the craziest shit ever. But yep. yes, the 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 freedom was there, you know, to just completely go. Go all out, you know, and release yeah. yourself for the night, and I yeah. think that does go back all the way to tribal times, you know, where these like, you know, tribal musical ceremonies would happen, you know. Yep. So it may not be all bad, but it's definitely, of course, as always, it gets. I high mean,
3: high. I mean, one of the craziest things that, like, that oh. I felt palpable to me there, and then we can get into uh, um, <clears throat> your work again, Dwayne. But it was yep. uh, being around all these people and. They're just hitting nitrous balloons. Like, there's a there was. I got a picture. I'll I'll send it over. Maybe we can look at that as a, as like a warning. But somebody <laughs> was trading nitrous balloons for like Bojangles fried like fast food chicken, and I was like, I was like, damn, that is a <laughs> that is a Grateful Dead like image that'll be right. Right in my mind. And then yeah. the other thing, just really quickly, was that these people are going to get in their vehicles and drive home or drive to a hotel after this. And we're going to be sharing the roads with them. And they're, you know, our, our girlfriend, wife, son, daughter is on the road somewhere. And these people are literally driving around high on acid, Molly, nitrous, Mm -hmm. uh, you name it, that it was being sold there, you know, and consumed in great, amounts you know and i was like wow
2: it's incredible when you look at how that 60s has evolved to the year 2023 and still is very prominent in our our culture you know yeah you know jerry garcia the lead singer of the grateful dead died 30 years ago yet they're still on tour and you know it's just and they're you know what they would be are they're considered you know chaos creators chaos agents these people You know, that's really their purpose, whether they know it or not. But you can, I mean, Andy, you observed it firsthand that it's really just chaos. And, you know, I would say that the backbone of all of it is Terrence McKenna's Archaic Revival. And then, you know, Aleister Crowley's Do What Thou Wilt, shall be the whole of the law. And this is really, you know, this is kind of what New Age embraced. Just to do whatever you want, whatever feels good. Basically, like they it, took the
0: it. heart out of the real spirituality that the ancients talked about. Yep. Uh, and yep. I would even go as far as to say that Madame Blavatsky and a number of her counterparts like did say all the right things in the text. It's like the but the masses will never when that's it's almost like the reason to keep things esoteric, dare I say, mm-hmm. because when because unfortunately, I think that's why they did it. The masses can't get it. And they run wild with their own perceptions of what they're hearing and what they're trying to understand. And the new age has, it's basically, it's like an ego trip entirely. It's um, it's like the me movement, in my opinion, that's what it is. It's, and it goes so far as to erase the, 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 the meaningfulness of, oh man, I'm going off on a tear. So let's, let's not, I'm going off on, into all sorts of weird territory here.
2: But Basically
0: what you're saying is, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you.
2: Well, it's, it's raising a selfish society and, and demoralization was the program for the last hundred years. We know that now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we're seeing. Just a deeply demoralized society. I don't think that if you, were if if morals and ethics were you know something that you were concerned with i'm not sure you'd be going to grateful dead concerts and and behaving in such ways you know so Mm. i mean right down to everything that we see today you know motley crew def leppard touring together and it's pour some sugar on me and girls 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 and it's you know something that i was very into when i was younger but Now I can clearly see the issues. And are these pictures from when you were there?
3: This is a short video um, for Uh those listening. I have not seen this. Uh Of the uh, Shakedown Street at the Grateful Dead concert. And um, I I literally, I don't have a PhD next to my name with anthropologists, (laughs) but uh, I'll tell you what, I literally felt like an alien. Right. Because... I just could just feel crazy. The, I could feel the pressure to like get high. And mm. I even found myself. So we were there for about four hours. I even found myself like, there you go. There's the bus, Dwayne. Yeah, <laughs> like the
2: ever-present bus, right? <laughs> Day
3: There was a bunch of buses there actually. And of um, course, there but would I, be. I could feel the pressure growing. <laughs> like I was there with a friend who knew a bunch of these people that uh, were deadheads, quote unquote. And they were offering us Molly and you Jesus. know this. And I could feel the pressure like, oh, maybe just a little, you know, right, like yeah. me right. and, uh, you know, my higher self won out and um, <laughs> I didn't do that. And I'm really proud of myself for that because. Yeah, good for you, man. There's just so much pressure. Yep, I definitely. can see where, you know, they don't even have to like say anything to you. It's just you can feel it and it's just weighing yeah. on you, you know, because yeah. you know, everyone has- there, everything, dude, alcohol, Uh, I mean, you see every booth is selling alcohol beers, they're trading stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, these people, I'm not judging them, but like, they a lot of these people don't shower, you know, Mm -hmm. they smell weird it's just like
0: that's the archaic revival man they didn't know? have showers right. man well you yeah. could
3: jump in a river and like <laughs> yeah. wipe yourself well off, the tour you know? didn't
0: take us near a river bro <laughs> yeah yeah
3: <laughs> it was just it was so wild to be there this was my first experience at a i mean i've been to festivals and concerts before but uh, like, this was just different you know this like,
0: one looks i mean this one seems like the way you've described it, it was uh in a league of its own
2: there there see that logo they oh, split the brain going. they got an electrical yeah. charge through the two sides of the brain so that, you know it's all go. in their logo too
3: yeah look at that and
2: so the other thing i see here is that it's all a promotion of unconsciousness so yeah. i don't know if these people are showing up on a mission to be conscious They're you not. know to sort of open one's mind or whatever but that's not what's happening here you know with drug abuse and the alcohol being served and and molly's being you know i think that's the initial
0: intention you know the initial intention for a lot of us starts out that way and and honestly like so after psychedelics i became a alcoholic because of like revelations i couldn't deal with and and understand like you know i can't say Bad about like what it gave me necessarily because it did give me a deeper perspective on myself. It absolutely did. I can't ever mm-hmm. deny that. I'm not sure. saying that it was the substance itself, it was what the substance allowed to happen to my own brain, you know. Um, but yeah, more often than not, people do go into deep dark places. And I think what you see at the Grateful Dead concert is like a perpetuation of that. That purgatory kind of, and they th- people will hear this, they love to go to this shit, and they'll d- totally disagree with us, and that's totally fine as well. But I think there's a time and place for youth to experience something like this because, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I feel like you have to experience reality to understand why you should or shouldn't continue doing something not <laughs> always, but the old. The old appeal of just listening to mom and dad forever, I, I, I like. I get it. I do understand the rebellion has mostly been manufactured. I'm not going to say that that's not true here. Mm-hmm. However, I do think rebellion is also built into our nature even beyond just Our personalities. I think the species itself, even surviving, like it goes that deep. Rebellion Mm -hmm. is existence in a way. Mm -hmm. So I do Mm -hmm. think there's a place for it. And the understanding and gnosis that can come with it is valuable in a lot of ways. But I think we can talk at length about how detrimental it can be without Mm -hmm. guidance, without love in your life, without balance in other areas. You know, you can easily fall apart under the magnitude of. Losing yourself in the greater consciousness or whatever the hell is going on when you take drugs.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that it definitely has assisted me in seeing the world differently than most people. And I haven't actually done mushrooms in a long time. And I would say LSD, it's been 30 years. I only wow. really did yeah. that when I was uh, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. But I have taken mushrooms several times since. And I would say that it changes your perspective and it kind of puts you in your proper place. It it lets you understand that there is something larger at play here. And so this is one of the goals that we want to do is is have people see themselves in their true and proper place and not reflections in the water straight out of Plato's Republic. This is what we need people to see, you know, uh, to see more accurately the environment in which we are in
0: yeah i find Um, that psychedelics turn out to be more about grounding than ascending and mm -hmm, i think they're they're mainly only selling the idea of the ascending perspective you know what i mean Like let's give give you way more to deal with about reality rather than the idea that they can also be very great tools of bringing you right back down to earth and Mm -hmm. seeing yourself and seeing everything for what it really is but that's never advertised it's yeah, always, and mushroom. Can we do with VR this together? Well, <laughs> the questions are not philosophical, even though they <clears throat> masquerade as philosophical.
3: I saw yeah, a mushroom. woman. I saw a woman at the uh, in the parking lot. She ate a mushroom about that big, about two oh, three inches, and chased it with a Bud Light. And I was like,
0: Are <laughs> hey, we sure it was a woman? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I, I had to say. And that. I was <laughs> like,
3: and I was like you know, I was like, Oh my word. Like, you know, I was just, I mean, I was just getting hit from so many different angles. This with, is the
0: new mushroom team is
3: so many <laughs> different thoughts. And, and you guys kind of know where I'm at with the, um, with processing my mushroom experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm really pretty torn on it. You know, um, yeah. I've been Me reading too. that. I've been rereading that article, the what's in a name article and mm-hmm. how they arrived at the different names. Um, yeah. And then processing it through this filter of these experiences that I've had. And I mean, w- we should do a whole show just on this because we could keep going. But yeah, part there's I a whole mean, series. <clears throat> briefly for the audience, I had an experience where I had a mushroom tea with a guy that I knew that well. I met him like seven or eight times and I just hadn't done it in a while. He, he's uh, he liked camping. I like camping and hiking. We went camping made some mushroom tea. And then next thing you know, I literally thought he was going to kill me. He thought I was going to kill him. Oh. And it literally resulted in me chasing him through the woods because I had all these trust issues and abandonment issues from my past uh-huh. from a variety for a variety of reasons and didn't still have a hard time trusting people. And I think that's okay because trust is hard to give out. Mm -hmm. And uh, humans can be very um, manipulative and all this kind of stuff. So I had this deep underlying trust issue. I thought he was going to leave me in the middle of the woods. He drove us out there. So I literally said to him, I think I'm going to have to kill you to leave here. That's what I said. And then he thought (laughs) I brandished. He thought I brandished a gun. He took off running and I chased him through (laughs) the woods for like it must have if I had to guess, it was probably two hours real time. But it seemed like it was like time didn't exist. And that this situation would never be when I closed my eyes. I was getting images of like a burning cross and me on it because he was like he was like a, um, he was a Christian. And I was earlier in the experience. I was having a hard time and I just needed somebody to be there to be supportive or whatever. Everything I said, all he could say to me was, it's okay, man, Jesus saves. It's okay, man, Jesus saves. And he just kept saying that, no matter what I said. Oh. And then I, <laughs> that's how it, like, uh, you know, came about. Like so <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying to you out there is that, <clears throat> and we have brought this up in the last one when the three of us were together you need to be very careful with these things very 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 careful and if you're going to do them and i'm not suggesting that anybody does that for that matter because it's a wild ride and (laughs) good things can come from it but some really bad and dark shit can come from it too and you might not be able to come back from that andy you said
0: Oh, I'm still dealing he with it. It kind of
3: became... Yeah,
0: most of my podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> me too. And in the beginning of my podcast, I was like sharing the experiences that I had perceived to like free me and free some of these emotions that I had and mm. to like show me how interconnected I was with nature. And I was seriously promoting them. I think I called them true healers. And it's just, I don't think... Uh, I think I was a bit reckless, to be honest. Because I'm just mm-hmm. not sure. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's right for you. And I mean
0: to me, it's similar to the force in Star Wars. Like, you know, it's Darth Vader uses it, the Emperor uses it, and Lou Skywalker uses it. Like the good guys and the bad guys use it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be good and bad. And like mm-hmm. it's a force to be reckoned with one way or the other. But I think because <clears> we don't <throat> we don't really I don't know. So I've, I've, I've had this uh, confirmed by three or four friends of mine in my, you know, outside the podcast world, like years and years and years ago, where there is some kind of singular message or truth that can come through if you go deep enough, in some cases, and many of us have like confirmed that it's it's like, okay, well, if that's what's really going on in this thing, then the reason why it's absolute chaos is because no one can come back and understand it properly. And it's almost as if secret societies at least act as if they do, or they do comprehend it properly or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like the philosopher's stone in a a sense. Mm -hmm. So I I think that idea that, that we've kind of, that the counterculture has built around the, uh, the mythos of the secret societies and their, the power they wield fits into this as well and of course we can tie the same people that we're always talking about to these secret societies Mm -hmm. as well so they're tentacles everywhere
2: yeah and so you know all of that hallucinogenic talk and all of our experiences you know when i was doing these at 17 18 19 i had no idea that you know gordon wasson the vice president of you know public relations for JP. Morgan was the guy that discovered the magic mushroom. And sp- <laughs> from there came LSD. So you know, it comes from the establishment that we're trying to to fight. And so right. they're trying to keep us asleep while providing these kinds of things. So you know you balance that too. And so yeah, there's positives, but then you also have to consider where it comes from. And so when it comes from, directly from jp <laughs> yep. morgan bank you know yeah, you have to question CIA, its motives
0: because we do know we have the receipts of that wasson was being paid by the cia as yep. well i know there's a sure. couple strings to to untangle there but it's you know yeah. it is what it's it documented
2: is. historical fact as far as i'm i'm concerned it's a, a piece of forensic history that's you know it's uh, it actually happened it's documented and you know there's really not an argument that can say that it didn't, right. you know, and, and it comes straight from these secret societies, right. these gentlemen's clubs that are in Washington and, and in New York that we've been discussing. And, you know, as you go deeper into it, you start to see that there are other famous names involved in all of this. You know, we've been talking at length about Aldous Huxley and this yes. eugenicist movement and sort of all of these outliers that go, Hand in hand, they're they got you know parallel worldviews, and you know our subjugation and our unconsciousness is really the ultimate goal. And so then, I mean, Andy, you watched with your own eyes, sort of the results. You just
3: of, saw that guy hitting the nitrous. Yeah, yeah I just saw that. There goal. you go. There's it's there just everywhere, right there. Yeah. Is, and you and know nitrous for folks it. that have never done
0: nitrous it is not some sort of enlightening experience <laughs> and you know by the looks of that guy he was in his 30s and like no offense to anybody's lifestyle but it's no. a sure sign if you're experiment. well it's not an experiment at that point is it but like you know if that's the lifestyle that you've gotten into it's like it kind of does represent a tune in drop out or you know turn on <laughs> tune in drop out
3: uh, mentality
0: and it's like uh it's it sucks that this whole that there's such a large amount of people that are kind of sucked into it without without questioning it you know the you know i think it's weird be, it's it's hard because they got here by questioning authority to begin with yep so they feel like they did their job and that's mm-hmm. the problem that's and i felt like that for a while too i got that when i was younger i felt like I was the rebel, you know, everything was suddenly going my way. I guess all of us are rising up in a way. Mm-hmm. It felt organic because it felt like it came from my tastes, my interests, my, the people that I looked to, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's unfortunately an experience that not a lot of the people I see in this video <laughs> and the people I grew up with really, really. Uh, got to experience that loop around that turn that switchback to to go. Oh, wait a minute, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's, you so- know, it's even just the accepting. We're so accepting in society of alcohol use, and and in yeah. general, I would say people abuse alcohol. You know, when even when you're here, you're gonna you're gonna have a few too many. And honestly, at this point in my life, I mean, I. I drank in my life, but at, th- at this point now at 50, nearly 52 years old, I, f- I really see for it, for what it is. And, you know, we really shouldn't have alcohol in our society in, in such a free and open way that, you know, Andy said it earlier, a lot of these people are going to drive home and and what kind of chaos if, if one was to able to, to actually see the, the, the behavior of this group of people, like, the elites actually do like police departments can actually track all of these people. We've seen it done at concerts and eh, like uh, when they go to do these um, burning man, <laughs> the, well, the bike, the bike convention, that biking, the the motorbikes, they all go to that one place in America uh, starts with an S
3: Sturgis
2: Sturgis. And so I read an article on there that showed that the police were following all of those phones of the, the people that come into the city because they can, they can show that they know who's, you know, normal residents for 12 months of the year. And then they know who all of these people are that come in. So they can actually crunch the numbers. They can look at, you know, the behaviors of all of these people as they come into a city and their influence on them as they leave. And then, you know, the weeks after that. And so they, they've they been able to track all of this stuff. So if you were to, if you were able to track that, I'm sure that, you know, in the wake of a concert like this, there's all kinds of dysfunction and chaos.
0: By the way, all these people that do get behind the wheel on LSD and and all zonked out of their heads uh, and put everybody else's lives at risk. uh, These are all the people that are like triple vaxxed and yelling at us for not being vaccinated, (laughs) for putting all of uh, unvaccinated lives at risk.
3: Yeah, I I asked the guy about that. I said, you know, were you how did you feel when they um they shut down and then required you to wear a mask get vaccinated and be tested to come to these shows and he was just like there was one guy that i found he was like selling coconuts he was pissed off about it he said he didn't go in and set up like outside and was like i mean he had a beard that this was a guy who hadn't bathed in like weeks probably Mm-hmm. So I mean what is a mask going to do for this guy right. you know with the right. I mean even if masks worked as advertised we know like they don't even they never claimed that it was successful with people with beards you right. know and this guy was like just the craziest beard but like this guy right here in the brown hat man he was so like he could barely stand up he's just hitting this balloon like left and right and i'm i'm just like again it was like here's the guy trading nitrous for bojangles fried chicken you didn't like, get
2: called out as as an agent or anything taking I, all these photos i was i was
3: very apprehensive to pull out i mean there was a lot of people like in shakedown street like taking yeah. video i mean i didn't yeah. have any tie-dye on or anything and mm-hmm, i was mm-hmm. actually gonna wear this uh <laughs> this right right this covid19 <laughs> vaccine makers are exempt from liability shirt i'm kind of glad i didn't because it was like i would have gotten
0: attacked i think all these peaceful people people, yeah all these these Mm -hmm. true
3: peace and love people this one this picture right here was like this is perfect you know yeah there you go almost out of the balloon and um you know it's just like what's going on here like oh my god these like you said andy these a lot of these people were directing angst and virtue signaling to people like us who actually take care of our health are not ill are not sick i mean do you guys see um any signs of like healthy individuals they were selling i mean pizza (laughs) fried food hot dogs like i mean the worst food you could ever imagine and don't we there, associate sure. the
0: Grateful Dead with like kind of hippies and That's crunchy and you'd think I saw one like vegan bars tent. And fucking, I right. saw
3: one <laughs> vegan tent. That was it. <laughs> and that was just like at least
0: have some like game meat and like yeah uh, farmers right. market style shit. Like if a yeah, farmers market cool. followed the Grateful Dead, like that would make more sense. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah that the, right. the 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 vision of what the Grateful Dead are supposed to be, right? Yeah. But no, it's not. It's not. The music may sound like giddy and happy, but it's fucking, it's all dark as hell. Dwayne,
3: uh, What all I could think about like the entire time, like moments like this where I'm like Mm -hmm. locked into these two. Mm -hmm. And then like that image of that woman with the two inch mushroom cap and stem chasing it with a bud light. Mm -hmm. All I could think of was that brave new world scene that you and I uh, brought up where he's like. The soma so many goodly creatures oh brave new yeah, world he says right. the john the savage he goes so many goodly creatures here and then you know and then he appeals to their their humanity he's like stop taking it that's what i felt like doing <laughs> and i was like yeah right i was like where's the uh, soma machine that i can go and destroy because <laughs> i right. just want to like go ranting and say listen i've done this before this is not good like, I lived my entire adult life, the better part of it, uh, high on, t- you know, 10, 20, 30 pills at once. Like, this is yeah, not and good all for of you. these.
0: This whole culture is, is standing on the shoulders of these psychologists from the 60s that were literally r- renting out warehouses, probably on the, the dime of the government, and mm-hmm. just tripping balls for weeks and weeks, months. Like, Ralph Metzger, I think, said that they tripped so much. That they kind of lost lost count of whether it had been weeks or months.
3: I think wow. it's Metzner with an N. Metzner, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just wild. Like I, I see, you know, now that I'm I'm clean and and feeling better, I just I see so much potential in the human being. You know, like yeah, sure. living. I don't even like to use the hue man because the hue of a man the words, right? The living mm-hmm. men and women, there's so much potential in all of us. I see mm-hmm. it in myself. I mm-hmm. still have a long way to go. I'm, I'm very much overwhelmed <laughs> with circumstances and this mate. kind of thing. Yeah, Just mate, like okay. the, you know, the, the pressure that gets put on us to be a certain way and to have all these things, um, I feel it, you know, so I feel what these people are going through and you can see that they, they do this for community and they do it to escape their, you know, their perceived horrible circumstances. A lot of these people that escape were badly abused, neglected, um, you know, isolated as children, and um, and then, you know, you see families here. So it's just this like baton that gets passed on mm-hmm. to your children and just you know? people
0: that like genuinely like, <laughs> didn't know where to go beyond exactly like, the, the fast food industry or the gas station. Like, yeah. you know, I was yeah. there for a long time, like before I really kicked it into gear in my like mid to t- mid 20s, like I was just going Into nowhere land completely just because I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have this. I didn't have it. So I was just like, not doing anything. Who knows where that that version of me was going to end up in 20 Mm -hmm. years, you know, Mm -hmm. no idea. It's so easy because it's so easy to just hate your job. And well, this is my life outside of that, you know, and that's manufactured too, because we've gotten over decades and decades and decades so far away from having work be, you know, in your own home or around your own property, or at least for something you believe in more than, than what it is today.
2: I would say the one, one of the patterns here I see and it's very evident in that picture. There's suspended adolescence. Yes. And a lot of, a lot of these people are just little children still to this day. I mean, they look like grown men and they probably have jobs and they're holding together their lives. May, maybe, or maybe not, mm-hmm. but you can see a suspended adolescence in there. I mean, this guy doesn't, you know, socks and sandals and, <laughs> you know, it's just, you try to it's, present yourself a little bit nicer. You know, we, you we're talking about culture industry and how your appearance is. And I don't know. I just, uh, one thing I see in a lot of these people now, whether it's at a concert or not, even just, you know, going to Costco is there's a, a a suspended adolescence. And that's deeply promoted through all of our culture industry, through, you know, books and Hollywood. And they really promote, you know, the, the end of personal growth at 20 and,
0: Childhood is lasting longer and longer. Yeah. Uh, I said it like 10 years ago. I kind of noticed that. And I was like, yeah. cause I looked at my life and I looked at a lot of my friends and everybody I knew around me. I'm like, even the ones that are doing really well for themselves and, and, you know, put in all the good work they're on edge too. Like everybody's more on edge than their parents were. And it's like, we're less susceptible maybe to the psyop of culture, but a lot of us are still completely enraptured by it. You know, mm-hmm. and it is an infantilization. I said it earlier on Twitter that like we are literally an infantilized version of ourselves. Someone brought oh, up that monarchy is like still the greatest form of government, despite I mean, it's a whole thing that we can get into. But yeah, I just right. told them I would agree with you to the extent that we have become unlike we are supposed to be, and that we we don't know how to govern ourselves anymore. So perhaps you're right. I don't know. I don't know about monarchy, but I'm just saying like, yeah, that maybe the, uh, needing a boss, needing someone to run your fucking life because we have lost the ability to govern ourselves. But again, that comes from the monarchy, in my opinion, originally. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you monarchies. know, that may be a good segue into the House of truth and that, yeah. that this is where they changed that definition of liberalism. You know, from laissez-faire, uh, you know, emphasis on the individual mm-hmm. to uh, a centralized government nanny state. Uh, and so, do you, have you know, sli- Do
0: you have some slides you want to put up or anything? Uh,
2: yeah, cool. I can share a screen if you want. And cool, cool, cool. We'll just—I uh, just—I don't want to spend Take too much time girl. on the House of Truth. Maybe we can just sure reintroduce the idea, and then we can openly discuss kind of what this means for the 20th century.
0: Yeah, sounds good, man.
2: So they really started, you know, talking about industrial democracy. And so, can you see that? Yep. Industrial Democracy by Sidney and Beatrice Webb. 1902 is the date on the bottom there. So really all of this social movement started over a hundred years ago and this deterioration of our freedoms and our individuality uh the shifting of the overton window started here and the definition of liberalism changed by the men that lived at the house of truth neoliberalism coined at uh, the walter lippman colloquium so can you see that now does it say colloqu- walter Lippmann? Oh, sweet. So I can actually do that. Right, as long as I got the tabs there. So you can see who is at this event. It's 1938, and it's organized by Louis Rougier. And so the main topic is is the definition of liberalism. And so they, they talk about its different definitions between classic liberal, which we talked about earlier, laissez-faire, um, and more power you know, negative rights, more power to the individual than the state itself, and how that has now sort of transferred over 100 years into this Black Lives Matter, neoliberal, social radical movement, where everybody is relying on the government. Now, that's quite a shift Mm. in a definition of a very important word in the West here. Right. I'm
0: curious, does positivism come up at all? I think we briefly talked about that. Yes, this it was the conversation just, we were having. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I briefly read about it and I was like, this sounds like a total yeah. wrench in the spokes.
2: Right, and we, that's, that's right. Because positivism is essentially just, it's. It, you can see it encapsulated in the, the global warming, climate change movement, or the overpopulation movement or you know, a lot of these movements that are happening, there's never really been a public debate about it. We're moving forward as if we're positive that this is the proper way to go. That's really how you can look at positivism. And so right. then it's an essential ingredient to progressivism. Yes. And so those that have looked at our work and those that have watched part one and two understand a little bit more maybe about the progressive movement and how we spent a lot of time pointing at, at communism and other things when we should have been looking at progressivism because this is really you know where we see the conjoining of the fascism you know that comes out 1920s with with Mussolini we see a almost a love affair between America and and Mussolini's corporatism okay this is what he called fascism was corporatism and so this is Today, you know, little doubt as to who's really running our society. It's really corporations. And so what I wanted to point out here, 1938, they, they coined the term neoliberalism. Okay, and look at who is present here. Now, these guys act in many ways as sort of corralers of the, the greater idea. So we have a lot of followers that are awake and aware of our world situation, that follow Ludwig von Mises because he's really like the founder of um
3: libertarianism, li- right?
2: Libertarianism. Mm-hmm. And so then you also have Friedrich Hayek. And you have some very important, you know, economists here that are, you know, top three economists in human history. And Walter Lippmann's present. And so he coins, they together coin the term neoliberal. And so it's a redefining of liberalism. So if you want to know why that definition has changed so much, look to this guy. And he is the father of modern American journalism.
0: Neo liberal. And neo is new. Yep. And there's that damn word new again. We like the right. word new.
2: Yes. And that is everywhere throughout all of their literature.
0: The this new word testing.
2: new. <laughs> the new testament exactly wow yeah i had never actually looked at it that way but
3: that's og exactly... progressivism right there right Dude, it makes you like oh <clears> my <throat> god i just
0: had like george harrison singing here comes the sun it's like oh yeah you gotta look at that right, song in a lot right, different right. way
2: too <laughs> yeah so hey i invite everybody to look into this this is really the cutting edge of of research if we want to if we're serious about figuring out our society and and where we went wrong you know, you need to look into Walter Lippmann and these guys at the House of Truth. So we did oh, just yeah. really quickly sort of go over it. And I don't know which one, part one or part two, I think but it
0: might have been part one. Yeah, I can't remember now.
2: So we, we put together an article called the House of Truth and the Devil's Agent, and just sort of went over the aspects that are there. And so you have all of these men are Phi Beta Kappa. So that's, You know, those people are tapped into secret society through Phi Beta Kappa, the oldest secret society in America. Mm -hmm. And they're all graduating Harvard Law with honors. So magna cum laude, summa cum laude. And they all sort of come out of the Taft administration right before the 1912 uh, presidential campaign. And so here... Yeah, and so here is a very important link between taft who is the son of the founder of skull and bones and his his underlings elihu root and henry Stimson, they're all skull and bones and then the members of the house of truth because felix frankfurter and louis brandeis and walter Lippmann are all phi beta kappa themselves mm-hmm. so we see out of here the 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 founding of industrial relations we're talking about moving america into an industrial democracy so what does that mean well that's going to mean uh highly efficient factory workers with an eye on being prepared having a prepared military so you know you can look around america now and see that that's very evident we're very you know whether canadian or american we're all very patriotic of our own in military and we're all you know generally very supportive of our troops and you know these are one of the this is one of the major problems and so this all comes from here or this is where really the human and the machine are first integrated through the the book the principles of scientific management and what is emblazoned in there but a fascist. so frederick winslow taylor dies shortly after writing this book and it's used by you know, not just Woodrow Wilson and FDR, you know, to create this factory system that everybody went into, but it's it's translated in every language in, on the planet now. And it was translated and read by Stalin and Trotsky and Lenin back in the day. And so this here is really one of the smoking guns when you read through here. This is how they put women... You know, into the workforce, enslaved to everybody under, you know, sort of preconceived notions that sound, sound, uh, appealing or beneficial to the human race, but they actually aren't. And so Taylorism is what we call it now. And, you know, in one of our videos, we show the actual news article where Peter Jennings calls Taylorism the most influentialism of the 20th century. So these cannot be ignored. These are very important aspects of our slavery that very few are actually covering. So these are, you know, the the, the term scientific management is coined by Louis Brandeis. This is one of the Supreme Court justices we identified earlier. And this Louis Brandeis is really somebody, along with Walter Lippmann and Felix Frankfurter, the three main guys at the House of Truth, are the three guys we really are trying to get everybody to look at. Okay, and so... They're all Jews. What can you say? But these Brandeis, <laughs> Frankfurter, and and Lippmann are all Jews, and they're all living in this house, and they're, they're known as social radicals. All of them. Mm-hmm. They're experimenters of the U.S. Constitution. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Felix Frankfurter, and Louis Brandeis. They are all even admitted in their own literature that they were looking to experiment on america and so it's all based on this book the promise of american life by herbert crowley who lived at the house of truth and founded the new republic any relation to another crowley no it's different spelling c-r-o-l-y as far as i know right (laughs) i mean you listen to some people and there is some credible evidence that you know barbara bush could be this the daughter of Aleister Crowley, I mean, when you put pictures side by side there, it looks pretty oh, good. Yeah. And oh, and I actually, when you look at the timeline, when yeah. you look at the timeline, even the mainstream will admit that those two people, Barbara Bush's mother and and Aleister Crowley, were together at a time where it could have happened. So oh, yeah, but I wouldn't be wild. surprised if there was some sort of connection there and maybe the spelling was changed. I've seen that, too. And Crowley's father is very influential, somebody we don't get into, but he's uh, another guy that, you know, if there's researchers out there interested in this line of research, you know, by all means, you know, delve into the life of Herbert Crowley because he's really central to the progressive movement. The 1912 Bull Moose uh, Party presidential campaign by Theodore Roosevelt is, is based on that book. And the promise of American life, as proposed by Herbert Crowley in that book, is a centralized government that controls corporations and, you know, is the answer to all the social ills that are happening at that time. This book uh, published 1911, you know, uh, less than a decade after Sidney Webbs' Industrial Democracy. And everything is based off of, I think, as far as I can see, that book in 1902. And so we see the Fabian influence coming in, and, and there's a marriage there between these founders of the American progressive movement and the Fabian socialist syndicalist movement. And they're all preaching the same things with parallel worldviews. Right. Using language like, you know, s- ameliorating the poor and needy. You know, nobody's going to argue with that. But once you give these people authorities, you know, to control societies. It also, you know, introduces a level of vulnerability to us if we aren't paying attention. And so, you know, after hundred years of a society living largely in blissful ignorance, you can see that that vulnerability has built to such a point that it's obvious that they've been taking advantage of us and only the most ignorant or um, maybe the most vested fail to see.
3: Yeah. Sounds a lot like the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Right. One of them is to eliminate poverty, right? This is just Exactly. a, a huge uh a modern extension of these roots, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um that's um uh, that's very very interesting and this is like the foundation of what has been discussed in modern times as like technocracy, right? This yes. Is like this is how it was uh framed by a lot of other researchers but yep. really it's uh scientific management started yep. with Taylor Taylorism. Yeah. T- think I think of Taylor made the golf company like yeah. right. perfect, you know, like yeah. absolutely yeah. scientifically perfect. You know, yeah. we have the physics locked down on this new driver it's just $700 just paid, right. You know, and Yeah, there's a um, book on it called Tailored Lives. Tailored mm-hmm. lives. Interesting. Yeah. So, right. this is really the foundation of technocracy right here. Yes. Um, yeah. scientific this is the management. And then a lot of those ideas brought to the fore by right. Huxley, right? Aldous yeah. and his brother, who were. You know how
2: much uh, a first edition of Brave New World goes for right now? No. I went and Googled it, and there's a signed one. There's, there's some online that's signed by Aldous Huxley, and they're like 25 grand American.
3: Oh, my goodness. It's so. so romanticized by so many people as like yeah. a great prognosticator and prophet, and um as we've discussed, uh, we did in our yep. two-part series yeah. on the um, conversation on LSD from yep. '79, that he was a grand architect in this. Sure. Society that we just kind of went over, uh, seeing there the, the Grateful Dead experience, there, right? I mean, those are those folks, you know, and and literally no judgment on these folks, but are they a threat to the authority and like the no, they look they like a threat voters to the system? No, not at they, all. They look like voters to me,
2: they've been relegated to spectators, literally. Yeah,
3: they're not and- a threat to the system, and that's how. These substances have been used to control our society, right?
2: Yeah, and they're they
1: are
0: a technology, much like mm-hmm. uh, cybernetics are a technology. Where we yes. can't forget Norbert yes. Wiener's uh, right. influence on all this too. Like you know, scientific management, and what was his book that was very almost similar to that title, but more in regards to cybernetics. It was uh, yeah, they probably all they both fall in line with this whole agenda, these technologies yeah. to completely control and enslave us.
2: Yeah. You know, the human use of human beings is his yes. book. He coins the term cybernetics and Andy Gerard, you are correct. that You know, the progressive movement within it is the, is found the efficiency movement and the preparedness movement, and then probably like the suffrage movement and things like that. And so that's really the basis of the technocratic uh, movement, the evolution of the technical expert, you know, and what I find is a, a lot of historians and a lot of times that we're going to look into the sources of these things, they source 1930s as the very beginnings of this and and ignore, I believe, purposely this era from 1912 to 1919, where they really established this, you know, the entering wedge and the technic as a an advisor to to a society that's, you know, gone so far that it's hard to comprehend for the ordinary citizen. Now, that's that's a proposition I don't agree with. I think that, you know, even as complicated as this seems, as you familiarize yourself with it, it becomes very obvious and very actually simple as to, you know, the proper moves that we need to make to eliminate some of these things. And, you know, we could start with lobbyists,
1: mm.
2: right? We all know this, that, you know, money being exchanged between hands behind closed doors to help, you know, certain politicians move ahead should be considered highly illegal. Yet it's, it's so normalized and just a, a part of our political lives. And we've got a lot of young people that don't probably have never lived in a time where lobbyists were a pejorative, Mm. but you know, I think that's one of the obvious ones. Um, So, you know, the birth of the technocratic movement is here in the progressive era, 1912 to 1919. This is really where they base a lot of, really everything is based here. And Out of the House of Truth is more than just that, you know, but uh, Norbert Wiener's father was a member of the inquiry, which are really considered one of the first ever technical expert groups and these are this is actually the first time that a president went to you know university scholars to get advice on what to do with society and it it, and even you know james t shotwell who is the guy in charge of putting all of these social scientists and political scientists together called it a strange experiment Mm
1: -hmm. you know
2: right in his work and so You can see how social science, these soft sciences, have also been infiltrating our society. And a lot of that we can discard. You know, some of these things that are unprovable, you know, uh, research into the human mind and, you know, certain things like bipolarism. You know, we see evidences of things going on in people's minds, but to label it and then to, to administer drugs to it, you know, is... Really, in my mind, to is is failing in seeing what the real, true root of issues are. You know, when I look oh, at
0: yeah, it's when very I look similar at, to that positive. Sorry, it's that positive. Yeah, it's that positivism again. Yes, this is the frame we're working with, and we're going to accept it as grand truth, whether yeah. it is or not, and just yeah. move forward with society in that way. And yeah. we constantly new boxes every day to put people into. There's yeah. the, the boxes are just multiplying now where we can break the human down into these these separate labels and types and this and that and i see it all the time with like the spectrum of autism and things like that like yeah i think uh those kind of things do play into like human nature and and the mind and all that on a very deep level and we're all kind of part of a spectrum in a way and they label these things so individually and they just destroy any hope of really getting to any root like uh just uh, abstract here just the the similarities between adhd autism and uh post-traumatic stress syndrome right uh, you know uh trauma and abuse and stuff like that these things right. are all correlated together but the psychology of the 20th century and of the 21st century isn't really uh interested in looking at it like that or uh, you know as a, a holistic idea they would want they rather they're always individuating everything and multiplying mm-hmm. everything as much as they possibly can and mm-hmm. i don't know where that angle comes from if that's evident in these deep roots here but this fractal this fractionalizing of everything seems mm-hmm. to be very central in their philosophy
2: yeah it's interesting Material isn't it? reductionism. because they're trying to divide us as many ways as they can well they're really moving everything to you know a singularity whether that's you know hollywood or you know food industries we're we're looking at more and more monopolization so they're actually centralizing well fragmenting society into as many pieces as you can
0: yeah fragmenting the mind yeah cognitive yeah. dissonance and all that
3: mind right. war and, well, and you so talking, you know about previously too right yeah. the paper that came out yeah. of esalen that was um, mm-hmm. just such a, an enlightening document to see the military and these psychologists and um, New Age heroes, basically, that were presented to the public as heroes and certainly by many lifted up in that light to um, target us in the information age with just too much information right there that was a specific goal information overload yep. um using the truth as a weapon so we think you know what in, it's info wars again alex yeah. jones right Th- that was literally in the document info wars right. right so
2: what uh when they give you so much information that it you know paralyzes you the right. the term that was created out of uh rockefeller funding um mm-hmm. Was narcotizing dysfunction. So, Mm. narcotizing dysfunction. So, we're talking about drugs and all of this. Mm. That's what they called it when they inundated the public with, with, and it has to be contradictory, with as much contradictory information as they could, because then it paralyzes you. You don't understand which way to go.
0: Right. It's hard to move forward.
2: Now, do we see that today?
3: Absolutely. A thousand percent.
2: (laughs) Everywhere it's you and it can be in the same carousel or you know you 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 click your google app on your phone or whatever and it gives you a carousel of you know the latest news stories and you can have back to back two completely opposite stories even right down to shania Twain. i saw they're they're offering me this information on shania Twain for some reason that you know in one minute they're showing how the clothes that she's wearing and treating her like a princess and then they in the next story, they show all of the people leaving her shows in disgust for whatever reason.
1: <laughs>
2: so, th- and and that's just Shania Twain. Yeah. But when you right, when you right. look at real issues, you see that that's happening everywhere. So, what it does is, you know, informing people like that it takes the place of action. So this is why we see a lot of people sitting around, you know, informing themselves with information that may or not may or may not even be true and feeling like they're going somewhere and doing something, but really there's nothing being accomplished. And that's, you know, much to the joy of the state and those that control us. And, you know,
0: because it puts you in a state of fear and horror and and nihilism and sadness while still stuck in the system you
3: know mm-hmm. i got a great quote on that from uh, one of the MKUltra doctors it's within that article i was just reading it earlier so i, I just yep. found it. it's perfect yep. to what we're talking about uh, he's talking about um how you can like use the role of of drugs to uh, yep. exercise political control by either like supplying the public in society with drugs or prohibiting them so he goes mm-hmm. on about prohibition and then supply, and then he goes to say, uh, "This is uh, Louis on West. Um, yep. Doctor Louis on West was an M.K.L. Mm-hmm. doctor. He killed the. Sure uh, he killed that elephant. Yeah. Um, right. I forget yeah. the elephant's name, but you can look it yeah. up. He he killed an elephant. Yeah. Um, Use yeah. like Holy in West. one of these like freak experiments, and he says." Um, To society, the communards with their hallucinogenic drugs are probably less bothersome and less expensive if they are living apart than if they are engaging in an alternative mode or modes of expressing their alienation, such as active, (laughs) organized, vigorous political protest and dissent. The hallucinogens uh, presently comprise a moderate but significant portion of the total drug problem in Western society. The foregoing may provide a certain frame of reference against which not only the social, but also the clinical problems created by these drugs can be considered. So that Mm -hmm. most important part there saying uh if they're living apart uh it's it, much less bothersome than if we were actually engaged right. and organized together you know and this like, was the mm-hmm. essence
0: of destroying the uh, anti-war movement of vietnam Bingo, you know? cr- the social engineering the of the 60s destroy yep. the real legitimate movement against the war mm-hmm. for real reasons and introduce hippies having sex in fields yeah <laughs> you know, well what love, they introduced
2: man. what they introduced was the new left Yeah. Right. So and that all started. And guess where that starts? But uh, Brandeis University. Mm -hmm. And so Herbert Marcuse is teaching um, Angela Davis and uh, Abby Hoffman. Mm -hmm. Now, those are two major, major figures of the 60s counterculture. They were fighting back against the state. Now, they were taught by Herbert Marcuse, who was one of these people that came over Uh, by Rockefeller Funding at Brandeis University. And so when we look at Huxley, and our research now shows pretty undoubtedly that he was either the head of MKUltra or, you know, right next to him. Mm. I would say that Brandeis is the same with more influence even maybe on an international level, but Brandeis to me is, is a key guy. You can see here Woodrow Wilson's quoted as saying, I need Brandeis everywhere. Oh my God. So there is, there's a similarity between the, the influence that Huxley had in, in one area of society with the influence that Brandeis had in another uh, area of society. And so when we talk about that, you can start to see that, there's actually a coordinated attack on all aspects of western society whether it's the intellectual the social the military whatever it was you look and there's there's uh radical social reform going on and so we look into the the background of this key guy louis brandeis he changes his name to Dembitz in honor of his Frankist radical uncle, Neftali Dembitz, who's, you know, surrounded Lincoln.
0: Frankist.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if anybody knows what, you know, Frankism is, this is almost, oh we see Redemption parallels between- sin, right?
3: Redemption, Redemption through, through sin.
2: Do yeah. what thou wilt. And we yeah. also see parallels with the archaic revival. Oh, Absolutely and the it's archaic command, degradation my god
0: you just blew my mind redemption through sin the archaic revival is literally that yep. that so-called redemption they're seeking or, or yeah. something on that level Ooh, timothy god. leary
3: said he was like he didn't he make a statement on like nbc in an interview that he thought he was alistair crowley incarnate? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah i mean that was timothy yep. leary Fuck um, you. cia the <laughs> high <laughs> priest of lsd you know, um, Harvard professor, psychologist doing um, these weird experiments with college students, prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, he's talking about being the Aleister Crowley incarnate, yeah. And, um, but I did wow. think
0: I heard someone ex- yeah. explain that quote one time that he wasn't saying it, uh, like literally, but that mm-hmm. he uh represented uh, that generation's Aleister Crowley. But Mm -hmm. even still, whether he thought a magical experience happened or if he's just making the comparison one way or the other, it speaks fucking volumes because Mm -hmm. Aleister Crowley was, in a way, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could tie a lot of this same behavior that we have of radicalizing America, the youth and everything. That has Crowley written all over it. But I think he influenced even even older people too. I mean, he was more – he had his – fingers in in royalty and presidents and and politicians all kinds of
3: stuff he was a spy he was like yeah, a super man. spy he was a yep. he was more than man. that yeah he was a lot of things right
2: he attempted yeah. to climb k2 before anybody else too there's a yeah, there's yeah, an incredible yeah and the i mean young, say,
0: young uh crowley is someone i would have been friends with as a as a, a young yeah. man you know what i mean sure. i was that guy
2: no, actually <laughs> right. not though <laughs> and so you know this is really where i want to sort of direct the conversation because oh, man. we are we are seeing and this is kind of where my research had to end before we started the farm and I am dying to get back into this but we see the last thing that we really published at Bulletproof was this you know the background behind the Weimar Republic. Yeah. And and this 10-year it's in the interwar period, but in the early 20s, all the way till 1932, 33, 34 is this uh, the German society is being completely demoralized. This is the words that they are using, demoralization. And so in my research there, where we've left it open is when I found out that Huxley was in Berlin in 1932, I believe, meeting with Aleister Crowley. Jesus. And oh my so, God. And Christopher Isherwood. So there's these three guys, three and key guys. Isherwood? Can you... Well, okay, so Isherwood is, and all of these guys are bisexual. Yep. But Christopher Isherwood is the guy that writes Bye Bye Berlin during the fall of Berlin while he's there that turns into the movie Cabaret. Holy now, when wow. you look at that style, that's that's uh, film noir, right? That's really the, this is the birth of film noir. And so a lot of the, same imagery and the short dark hair and you know the flapper image that has been replayed over and over and over through the last hundred years through people like uh Halle Berry and Madonna you know uh, all of these other Beyonce and they all there's all photos of them dressed in flapper gear and you know popularizing and trying to normalize this weimar republic culture but really berlin at that time this is you know sin city in europe it takes that sort of title away from paris at this time in that you can go there and be and do and and do whatever you want so this is you know and when you look at sort of the history of the weimar it looks a lot like what we're seeing today, just a uh, coordinated effort to alienate, to demoralize, to degrade, to degenerate uh, Western tradition, values, and beliefs.
0: Mm. So basically, Grateful Dead concerts are basically like a touring Weimar.
2: <laughs> they are, absolutely. Yep, because look at the pictures that Andy brought us today. You know, yeah. we're not seeing, we're not seeing you know, the stuff that we saw in Weimar, but, you know, we're still seeing that same effect on society. If and I so went when we, back
3: after dark, we probably would have. Right.
2: You were just there during the daylight hours. That's right. I didn't go back so after the show. That whole, oh my scene, God.
3: that whole scene pops up right back. out. I'd have to go and tie dye. And, That's probably where like, the old
0: deadheads go to sleep and all the young ones fucking show their true colors. I, yeah, maybe. I'm I, curious I, about I, that. What was the I, age going on there? Everything. Like, is, okay okay
3: everything right from I mean, from you literally children from yeah. children to 80 year olds jesus everything yeah. in between male female black white brown yeah. you yeah. Name somehow it. somehow Are the united, grateful dead
2: appeals Europe. to everybody yeah six <laughs>
3: yeah. 58 years later there's a 13 for you uh numerologists and uh gematria um, i think it might as there. well just
0: be burning man it's it's a burning man road show i mean yeah burning man's the same all thing the appeal, that's the the only appeal for young guys. They, no one for know, the numerologist
3: right 1965 is when the dead comes on the scene you got 19 you got six five is 11 you got a nine-eleven uh programmed in there <laughs> then you got 2023 <laughs> that's a seven um that's their last uh that's a sacred number as well <laughs> um so i know i just know a little bit about the the sacred numbers and the gematria and stuff like that but we Mm -hmm. know how they love to do that right 58 Mm -hmm. years of this i mean 58 years of this just total debasement and um subversion yeah of of our true nature
2: and and you know just like the progressive era is kind of the where they built the technocratic movement i think that all of that is based on the early work of Crowley and this do-what-thou-will mindset. And, and I think that that's really what Huxley and Crowley were sort of meeting for in Berlin, is to combine their two thoughts. And that's where I'm at in my mind right now. Now, Crowley is deeply influential in American culture, despite you know people not knowing this. You know, there's a picture of of uh, Alfred Kinsey. You guys know who Alfred Kinsey is? Yeah. He's really like w- the most cited sci- scientist ever on the behavior, the sexual behavior of the male and the sexual behavior of the female. He bookended these two books in ni- late 1940s, I think, or no, late 1950s. So just before the the uh, 60s began, he publishes these two books that even today, you know, all of the scientific work that's done on the sexual behaviors of male and female are based on that Kinsey book. Mm. Those two books that he released, I think, it's 58, 59, and there is a picture of Alfred Kinsey standing at the famous house with uh, of Aleister Crowley's where he was doing black magic scenarios. That still stands today. He's there with a picture of Alistair Crowley on the wall between Crow uh Kinsey and Kenneth Anger. Oh, geez, what a great bunch. So that's an incredible photograph. And then so you go deeper into there, you understand that you know Kinsey was a follower of Crowley, and a lot of those things that he'd put into that, those scientific journals is really what they are now. Mm. is based off of this do what thou wilt and it it doesn't take you know much for me to make an argument that this this sexual freedom movement was also essential in the degradation of you know american tradition and, and values we see that you know marriage to me is uh is something that we should you know hold close to our hearts and i think marriage today you know, it's easier to get a divorce than it is to, to stay married. I see, you know, a lot of people just, you know, not fighting through certain adversities that they face in their relationships, in their marriages, like maybe they did 50 years ago. And I see
0: relationships being less important to people yeah, in general. I um, think that really that's yeah. the
2: center of all of us is, 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 is marriage and children and creating a family unit. Right. And
3: so on that photo, Dwayne, if you want to let me share real quick. Yep.
0: No, I think you're right, Dwayne. And because, you know, when I, I, when I was younger and I would fight with my parents and I would storm off and hang out with my friends, my friends are my life, man. But you don't realize until you're older that, families are what create the friends Ah. that you hang out with right it is the same thing
2: okay now this is an incredible picture
0: man they don't put this in the kinsey movie with liam neeson
2: yeah i want to see that i haven't seen that yet but i want to see how they portray this kinsey because really he is another very important figure you know underappreciated by many but you know we when we talk about sexual revolution yeah this is really where it began it and so herbert Marcuse even is rumored to have been the guy to coin the term make love not war
3: huh
2: and so this didn't is he right also, at the same time. didn't he
3: also <laughs> introduce critical theory which is now critical race theory or right and to, so yeah
2: it, well it's Marcuse was definitely using it but it's it comes from the frankfurt school but it's Horkheimer and, and Adorno that, That's right. that write yep. the book on critical theory. Now they're all close. They're all Frankfurt right. uh, yeah. scholars coming <clears throat> from Frankfurt school. So they're all very close. And so they're all using the same critical theory that they are using today. It's just further evolved and, and it, it actually served to fragment it further and further fragments because every label that is put onto a person fragments them more yeah makes absolutely. them even more of a minority
3: yeah right you and not that a... i'm trying to beat the drum here but a lot of these folks that you just mentioned are jewish individuals as well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know if you guys have read that book i think Dwayne, you and i talked about it before but it makes me think a lot of this, what we're talking about. It makes me think of this quote right here from this mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. from
2: Century Magazine. Now that's the Century Club's yes. literature. This <clears> now, who makes- is Marcus Eli Ravage?
3: So he was a biographer for the Rothschilds. Oh, and he wrote this book um, called A Real Case Against the Jews. And he was basically saying that, you know, we, we make these claims that they control the bank. They control the media, they control Hollywood, all this kind of stuff. But no one's ever really accused them of um, controlling or creating religion,
0: mm-hmm. like the
3: Christian yeah. religion, actually. Right. And that's what he drills yeah. home. In Christianity
0: the is the answer to mm-hmm. Judaism.
3: It's that's, literally the revelations coming true. Exactly. So you can see like, and that's why I like Adam Green's work, because mm-hmm. he's exposing that. He's an interesting one yes Mm -hmm. he is he's he's kind of exposing that christianity was a was a jewish deception yeah i'm gonna talk to you guys off
0: air about that man but
3: i would love to hear more about that um but so it just makes me think of this quote right here from the book and i i bought the book it's only it's just a little it's almost like more of a pamphlet because it's just an entry in the magazine that they made into a book but We are intruders. We are subverters. We have taken your natural world, your ideals, your destiny, and played havoc with them. Mm -hmm. We have been at the bottom of not only the latest great war, but of every other major revolution in your history. We have brought discord and confusion and frustration into your personal and public life. We are still doing it. No (laughs) one can tell how long we shall go on doing it. Who knows what great and glorious destiny might have been yours if we had left you alone? That is so like very interesting. You <laughs> think about the porn industry, what that's done mm-hmm. to to young men and women all over, what that's done to our society, what's what mm-hmm. that's done to people's souls. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. used to be addicted to porn and 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 masturbation. It was like, it's just, I mean. It, I've, I've admitted this publicly on my show, like uh, public mm-hmm. bathrooms, hotel rooms, when I'm like driving for Uber in the middle of the night, I'm on Tinder, flipping through Tinder, I'm a single man, I'm lonely as hell, I'm depressed, I'm still high on drugs, I'm I'm masturbating in public bathrooms and porta-potties and, and airports and shit, like, dude, <laughs> What? You know, we're having if a wild can, time, man.
0: Yeah, we are, man. You are your I can, own walking Weimar. Oh
3: yeah. I was, man. I really was, dude. If I had a body camera on and we could make a little documentary, it would be like, I fell for it all. I fell for I it hear, all. I hear you know? that brother. But you can like, you can rise above that and mm. live differently and live a, a moral life. You know, you can mm. have grace when you self-reflect and you can take it easy on yourself and forgive yourself. I mean, did you murder somebody? No. You can come. You can come back from this. Like mm-hmm. you know, you can come back from making mistakes when you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about it. a
0: whole agenda, uh, the uh, massive group of people uh, in government, and just the the people that follow them wherever they go, uh, holding on to this mentality of let go of the past. The past doesn't matter. And in a way, sure. Yeah, you have to live in the now and plan for the future and all that, but it all goes together. It's all one, your future, your past, your present. It's all one thing. And they kind of have this overarching mentality of just destroy and move on, you know, be the virus that Mr. Smith called us in mm. the matrix right because mm-hmm. that gave me chills when i first saw that movie i was like holy shit man we are a virus oh my god and yep. bill hicks too right mr fucking mm-hmm. bill hicks we're just a virus <laughs> with shoes man get over this humanity's yeah bullshit. right
3: <laughs> I think it's we're yeah, so much more. We're so much more. We're powerful beings. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, we, sure, we, uh, we're this, capable of so much more than jerking off. And Florida this goes back to the Logan mean, Airport. Extreme <laughs> <and powerful> <laughs> <ways>. <laughs> like, we're so much more than nitrous balloons at Grateful Dead concerts. <laughs> yeah. We are, dude. We're so much better mm-hmm. than that. I uh,
0: This, oh this uh, runs into a lot of the... the ancient history topics that i've been researching and this idea that we are more powerful than they tell us is always it always seems to be at the heart of every conspiracy theorists uh repertoire or whatever (laughs) the research they're doing that seems to be the overarching theme right and this whole jewish situation is so crazy and when i'm looking at ancient ancient peoples and i'm trying to discredit fucking ancient aliens of all things and i stumble into this territory of uh the israelites the canaanites the phoenicians the scythians all of these people coming from germany the indo-europeans all the people that himmler and the the Vril society were were uh Uh, after trying to look for their origins and all that and of course we associate the Vril society specifically with the third reich and hitler Mm -hmm. and Hitler and all that Mm -hmm. but what's not talked about is that though that name Vril society was uh one of over a hundred different names used for this changing group of people in this area since 1806 desperately seeking their ancient origins and stuff like that. So we know this is all tied together. And yet when you look at these origin stories, it seems to me so far, and I'm just, I'm, I shouldn't even say this yet, but I've said it before, so whatever. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent on this, but it looks to me like both sides of uh, world war two were that we all, co- they all come from the same bloodlines. It's all, all the Jewish people and all these, the, the, early indo-european roots and everything that hitler and Himmler were after and all that it's all the same people it's all the same mm. groups of bloodlines mm. which and look, is at look at the symbol look at
3: the symbol that bingo got distorted.
0: For, those, for those just look listening yeah. this is a beautiful representation of the sequence of positions of the um the big dipper around the north pole and Polaris uh, over time, creating what would be a swastika, hmm. which is not, which is absolutely not Nazi. And this probably <laughs> can't take it off of YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. We still have like influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers on t- on Twitter and stuff talking mm-hmm. about how you know the uh the the nazi symbols and everything it's all you know they want to tell you it's way older but it's totally you only used in uh finland and near the in the 1930s and 20s it's like no no no. this goes back all the way to the beginning of our of our known even prehistory so
3: many different cultures the oldest artifact
0: ever found
3: was like a little little tool
0: In uh, Finland, buried in Finland, and it was covered nice. in stalactites, and it was forty thousand years old. Right. I
3: and mean, look, so, yeah, really well, look at all yeah, these right different. Look at all these different civilizations right. and cultures that were using so, this ancient right, right. symbol. So now, it, were they just, still
0: hij? Were they still under control? I, this maybe, the way but... I understand <laughs> these ancient symbols. This was when it was pure, like when maybe. these symbols weren't hijacked yet. You know. And mm-hmm. these weren't like controlled opposite. I'm not even, you know, like this actually can't be controlled opposition because this is the one thing you're not allowed to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because
0: true. a lot of the themes that were handed. You can just talk all fucking day long on YouTube, Twitter, wherever you want about them. But you can't talk about this. Andy, have you and heard that Robert this is... fucking Kennedy?
3: <laughs> Andy, have you have you heard that this is supposed to represent like the, the toroid field?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what box saga talks about as well. Yeah, and it like, was the wheel, which the wheel. also they claim in Box Saga has been misappropriated and translated into devil, devil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That this actually is associated with the swastika, the spinning swastika, which of course again would represent <clears throat> the way the North Pole looked with the mm-hmm. uh, Big Dipper, and that falls mm-hmm. in line with Box Saga as well. um But yeah, they. um i've lost my train of thought but yeah it's all tied together it's all fucking crazy total hijack
3: yeah. of that symbol yeah. and it's is like it does it makes it makes sense at least to me in the modern world that we present hitler as the infernal genius and that's the only representation of evil that we're given and it's just shoved and rammed down our throats and right. they're just sporting <laughs> this symbol This is the symbol that I realized Judaism
0: had its own swastika, but that makes Mm. absolute perfect sense. This is the symbol
3: that gets trotted out for the world to see, to get just drugged through the mud, you know, and and, uh, the Jewish people still got what they wanted, which was the land of Israel and a homeland. (laughs) Zionism Mm -hmm. was not like defeated. The Nazis didn't win. They didn't come. Some came to America, but there's, you know, they didn't win like, (laughs) There's nothing, mm-hmm. didn't prevent anything. Uh, yeah, it's
0: weird. And I, I keep calling it a family feud. And even before I came to this, like, not conclusion, mm-hmm. but hypothesis that the Jews and the Nazis are all from the same bloodlines, uh, before I came to that conclusion, I was still calling it a family feud because it really is these factions. And I think it does come down very, imp- like, a very important part of it comes down to core beliefs. And I think that's why these, these uh, differences even exist today. These uh, just, you know, the only way we can distinguish them. And I don't think we know these beliefs, these differences. I think one, I think, I think it's bipolar basically. And I think one is like nihilism and atheism. And the other is this hope, this endless hope and faith and shit like that. I kind of think it's like one or the other and, you know, even if you read the old <clears throat> Sumerian texts where you have Enlil and Enki, these god kings, right? Mm-hmm. And one is the ruler of the air and one is the ruler of the land and sea and stuff like that. But both are fucking evil and have come here to conquer us and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so oh fuck. And true. you know, hey,
2: who who was more influential in in creating Israel than Louis Brandeis? He's the international leader of Zionism at the time, and he's a personal, the personal close advisor of Woodrow Wilson during those days. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the creation of Israel, Louis Brandeis is really a major architect of not only that, but the Federal Reserve and, you know, being able to exploit or take advantage of people through usury and speculation. So when we talk about speculation, that's like Bet-99, You know, it's like sports action, betting on sports. It's getting a lottery ticket. It's, you know, usury is, we know what that is. It's lending money out at interest. So these two tools are majorly powerful in which comes from the Bible, taking money out of our back pocket for, you know, even insurance. You know, three of us were having a conversation privately about insurance, but that is a form of speculation. You are speculating that something may happen to you in which you're going to need an authority to 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 pay for it. All. Hmm. Right? So we're we're putting out all of this money and if you ever n- never got into a car accident, you've just put a lot of money into a system that you you never really had to.
3: Health insurance, so you, just, you never go to the doctor, but you're paying $300 a month to right. for what? You right. calculate you know, that over a lifetime. You could be sp- you could be saving that money to plant more raised bed right. gardens or to right. buy exactly. a new tractor or to educate your children or to, you know, and what is that, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And what is that? But, you know, adherence to the technical expert and the scientist, you know, uh, trusting what the expert tells you. Right. So, and one thing I wanted to say about all of that too, is that, you know, through my research into all of this, you know, some of the books that were burned in this book burning in the 1930s, Was H.G. Wells, was Aldous Huxley, was all of these same people that we are fighting today. Now that's true.
3: Drag queen story time.
2: Right. It's
0: funny too. Yeah, I would say. Looking at the burning books, I mean, you look at the way the hippies looked at the burning of the books, and even my my generation and people like me looking at the burning of those books was this great sympathy. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, the heroes—they were all burned. You know, they were mm-hmm. all destroyed because they didn't want us learning the truth. Right. And it's such a, it's such a hoodwink.
2: Well, Thomas you know, Mann, all of, uh, you know, Theodore Thomas Adorno, Mann, yeah. Max Horkheimer—they all of their books were burned. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. The subverters, so, the subverters that were subverters. intruders. Right.
2: Yeah. So
0: that's and woe is that's me, a, Is the constant theme.
3: Right. Where they landed at Pacific Palisades, right? Like you told us uh, mm-hmm. in previous episodes that yeah. that that, uh, that map that you showed me. I wish I had the map right there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Where it was just just this total like arrival in volumes of these these individuals, these Jewish Frank, you know, uh, Frankfurt school intellectuals arriving right all in the same like the <laughs> same couple mile radius of each other that imagery you had you showed us in huxley driving the bus with all these guys yeah you know and all their different subversive literature and uh yeah it's uh it's so it's, a, it's, it's a the wild, frankest man the frankest, the frankest idea yeah. of, of there you uh, go. redemption you found
0: sin, like going yeah. into the profane yeah. to we seek god it. like that idea Ties directly to an archaic revival mm-hmm. perfectly.
2: Yeah. And you, you're right. This is, we've already covered all of this, but this is, you know, where they all came to the Pacific Palisades. You know, they were all living in Cenary Sumer in south of France w- with Huxley while he was writing A Brave New World. And within five years of that book being published, 1937, Huxley moves into this area here. And then all of those exiles that were running from Hitler in the 1930s all move into this area too. They're all living, uh, meeting together at more political salons like the House of Truth. This is really what led me to all of this was the the understanding of the political salon comes from the French Revolution. The French expressionist art has been a demoralizing aspect to, you know, Western culture. So you start to trace all of these back, it actually flows back to Europe. Mm-hmm. and yeah it's a so country it's pretty incredible story for people to to know and it's very empowering when you understand that this is the game that's been going on you can start to now navigate more successfully yourself through through life
0: by the way i personally just still call it all nazis even though it's not, but it's like, it's just, it's just as it's the same thing. It was a front in my opinion, like the, the, the ideology behind Nazism, not the Holocaust or the killing of the Jews, but the ideology of centralizing everything is exactly what we're seeing. I mean, we can't deny Mm -hmm. that, but Mm -hmm. it's like, so it's, it's both, but that's what I'm finding in the ancient history is that there are ties here on both sides of the greatest conflict that we know of, and it's it's really fuzzy on what's going on. Right. I still would rather blame quote unquote elites or you know the the absolute powerful. And I know they predatory all happen, class. They all happen to be a lot of them happen to be Jewish. I get it. And I know that a lot of them are probably unsuspecting and get hired for that very reason, maybe without even knowing that that's what's going on. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe I'm still trying to be too nice. I really still still think that, you know, because it's who do you who do you go after? You can't just start, you know, going after It's, it's the fact that it's these specific people. And these, I think that's the that's the problem, right?
3: I think that's the thing though. It's like, this has been such a touchy subject and it's been so attacked that like we, and it's so sensitive because we're told this horrific story with Schindler's Mm -hmm. list. You Mm -hmm. know, I remember being 16 in high school in an auditorium with my (laughs) entire class, watching that movie, bawling my eyes out, having to leave the auditorium because of what I was seeing. And what I was being told about what happened there. So, the fact that it's censored. There's Holocaust denial laws in certain countries. We can't even talk about it. It's like, by no means am I sitting here blaming all Jewish individuals or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's. I think their religion's a a really big problem. I think the Bible is a huge issue because yeah, you have the you have the ambassador.
0: We're talking about people that literally hold those things at the core of their being, these Mm -hmm. ancient fucking rights. Mm -hmm. That's what we're really talking about. I mean, you're talking about the ambassador,
3: the the ambassador of Israel to the UN goes to the UN and he puts his kippah on and he holds up a Bible and says, this is the deed to our land. That's the issue. That's the issue. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about um, usury and speculation. It's in the Bible, Deuteronomy fifteen six. It says, "You shall yeah, well. lend to many nations, and you shall mm. borrow from none." And then it says, "You shall rule over many nations, and none shall yeah. rule over thee."
2: Right, I so have seen that.
3: That's a problem. They pit themselves against the entire world. They literally do. The religion <laughs> pits them against the entire world,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: the Christian religion's a huge issue as well, oh, of because course. literally, especially you have evangelical. This you have this um, this just unwavering love and loyalty for Israel. They want bombs and, and suffering because they think that's what's going to bring their savior. So it's the they redemption can, through sin, yeah. It, they literally want chaos. They want chaos. They want bombs in mm-hmm. Israel. They want war in the Middle East. They celebrate this. They They pray for it every day. They literally pray for it. So it's Mm -hmm. the religion that's the problem. It's not Mm -hmm. individuals per se. Right. And it's not like there's, I know Jewish people. I know Christians that, that don't harm other people, but their beliefs, their core belief system supports this. And that's Mm -hmm. a problem. And these specific Jewish individuals that we talk about, that Mm -hmm. is a specific individual that we're saying is subverting and intruding. And And we're calling them into question and their motives and their and and their their work, their their body of work that Dwayne has highlighted ad nauseum (laughs) that many others have highlighted as ad nauseum. It's it's such a touchy subject. Dwayne is in a country literally in another place that he cannot openly say that the Holocaust did not happen at the scope and scale that it happened. He cannot say those words. He's never harmed anybody a day in his life. He's never hurt anybody, stole from anybody. He's never wished violence on anybody. But if he utters those words because of where he's sitting, which is no Mm -hmm. different than Massachusetts, where Andy's at, or North Carolina, he will be imprisoned. There are 95-year-old grandmothers in prison who lived in Germany (laughs) during that event that are now in prison. So can we talk about it or are you right. just going to call us, uh, you know, anti-Semites and hung us? Up? I mean, they're literally well, so pushing, that's what I was going to bring pushing in these 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 laws. Ron DeSantis, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Donald Trump, uh, best Israel's best friend they've ever had. They go yeah. on the wall. They put the hat on. They put their hand on the wall. I mean, Mm -hmm. you Um, know, Supreme Court justices, as you said, in the United States, um, experimenting with the United States Constitution and jurisprudence, experimenting with. Well,
2: while changing the definition of liberalism.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, this is like you're talking about the head of national security having dual loyalty to Israel and the United States. How does that work? The head of the FBI, the CIA i mean how does that work dual loyalty to two different nations how can Mm. that work how can we not (laughs) criticize that without being deemed hateful it's and so my mom actually one last thought on that because i'm passionate about i went home for christmas nice and my mother literally said to me so my brother's best friend he's in a band a pretty big band it's called big gigantic they're like a Kind of like a uh, really appeal. It's like electronic. They do the light shows. It's total like Brave New World. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. I've been on stage with them, and I've seen the amount of drugs that are present backstage with the groups. And it's total Brave New World, soma, soma rituals, all that stuff. But he's Jewish. He was my best, my brother's um, best man in his wedding. So I go home for Christmas, and my mother goes. <clears throat> why do you hate jews and i said oh my goodness mom like
2: that's a loaded question i mean i was
3: like i was like i was i I said i took a deep breath i said that's where
2: we're gonna start
3: pretty much pretty much and um i I took a deep breath and i said mom it's not hateful for me to call out their hate like the deep religious zionist jewish individuals that are like like the evangelical christians Mm -hmm. that do not like non-Jews. They don't like the Jewish religion, the people that I'm not, and I'm talking about specific individuals that we could pull up clip after clip rat. These rabbis, these really Frankists, these really intense rabbis that say America should be destroyed. All this. I said, it's not hateful for me to call out their hate. It's not, I'm not a hateful person. Never have been never intend to be. So when my mother asks me that, it's just like, and my uh, it's really a sensitive topic. And that was what I wanted to drill home is that to anybody listening, it's OK to question these things. But unless you're Dwayne, you can't even do it without being, you know, threatened to be in a jail cell. Well, that's where we live yeah. in Canada. I mean, that's where yeah. we're at. And they're pushing for these these censorship laws in the US. Ron DeSantis is doing it. Donald Trump. There's a huge threat there. That's all I wanted to yep. kind of. For that sure. brings
0: in positivism Finish. as well, because another aspect of positivism was to put the Like the rights of like the belief over the individual who holds them almost. I mean, I'm kind of butchering that idea, but it's like this zoned out mentality of the right is the right, and and the I'm butchering it. I don't know. Never Mm -hmm. mind. I
2: apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I'd say about that is you said the key word there: evangelical. So they're exploiting that evangelical. wing radical because they're you know they speak in tongues and you know they believe that you can heal somebody by touching their head and they're very emotional about their religion so who would you rather exploit but the highly emotional highly radicalized possessive ideological possessed people you know Mm
3: -hmm. there's a they have huge support in america The Christian evangelical Christians, they give them billions of dollars a year. That's without like the stated, you know, billions that the government, the American government gives to Israel. And then we see what's happening in Palestine and all these issues. And it's just like, how can we support that and not call it out? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just going to continue to get worse. I think it's a great representation, Palestine, the struggle that they're, undergoing and have been mm-hmm. for years sure it, i think it's a great representation of what we could be facing and what we kind yep. of are facing sure if we don't kind of you know empower ourselves develop ourselves and, and yep. organize and come together in ways that we never really could possibly imagine breaking down these walls respecting differences that we have amongst ourselves <clears> and <throat> pushing forward nonetheless do your children mm-hmm. have to eat yes my children have to eat do we need clean water? Yes. Your children need clean water. My children need clean water. Do you, you know, like basic <clears throat> decent things. And we just, we really have to, to, that's what I dream of is breaking down these walls. I've met so many wonderful Christians, <clears throat> you know, so many wonderful people of different faiths that care, but it's just, we, 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 you get to talking about religion or something and it's like, boom, you hit a brick wall. You know, people we're on emotional. board with we're on board with the vaccinations, you know, where we don't want to vaccinate our children. We don't trust these people. We're on board with food. We're on board with like homeschooling, like all these kinds of things. And then you get to that issue and it's like, OK, well, why why do we have to share the same belief system?
0: The fear of death is, you know, all these thousands and thousands of years of of distortion in our beliefs uh yeah it's the most terrifying thing to everybody even when even the ones that say they're not afraid of death yeah. and all that right. it's right. it's at the core of everyone even the atheist yeah. is terrified you know there's no atheist in a foxhole and all that <laughs> and yeah right and that really is yeah. i mean we call these guys like a, a death cult sometimes not mm. not choose <laughs> just in general all of these people that have been involved in are, are misleading and Mm -hmm. yeah it really does seem like that is what they prey on the most you know at the very core i mean who's we we talk about like people You know, garnering support for fucking Ukraine. Imagine garnering support for not having to think about being in the ground forever or not Mm -hmm. existing suddenly, you know, like anything but that. Yeah. You know (laughs) what I mean? And no one's going to admit that that's what's fueling all of their fear based decisions. But I think layer upon layer upon layer, that really is at the heart of it, you know. Of course, that's a deep, deeper consciousness kind of topic for another time
3: (laughs) yeah we've been all over the place but we have
0: but i mean you know i think this is good to kind of uh it's been a while since we've gotten together so Mm -hmm. it's good to cover a, a range of i think we got out quite a bit of information and sure I think this will be a controversial one that people will comment on a <laughs> yeah. lot probably
3: right yeah i don't think it'll you know, live on youtube actually. it
0: probably yeah. won't live on youtube yeah. long and that's okay you'll find it on odyssey right. right i don't know i don't i've never checked odyssey i don't know what their censorship is like at all i don't know everybody's so, fucking owned Oh yeah. maybe
2: maybe i can take a minute here and <clears throat> i don't need to defend our work i think that i just want to say a few things you know sure going back to researching and investigating individuals and not and then not knowing what to do with these people once we find them guilty. I would say that these people that we're investigating, the Lippmans, the Frankfurters, and Brandeis, these are really the founders of a lot of these institutions that we see are very harmful to our world today. Frankfurter, influential in the creation of the ACLU, this is used as a tool to divide and do all kinds of things there. It's really a chaos creator. So to me, I'm not, I'm not looking for Frankfurter. I'm looking for the ACLU. I'm looking to remove institutions like the social science research institutions. All of those need to be wiped because all they're doing is investigating our behavior and looking for ways to exploit us. And that's all, that all comes from uh, people that share a certain demographic or, you know, a certain characteristic. And we didn't set out to, you know, with a certain uh, conclusion in mind. We followed the facts. We followed the truth. We've read the literature. And when you see things like we've been presenting, like the exiles in LA, like this, uh, like this organization to bring all of these Jewish scholars and intellects into columbia university and how that influenced all kinds of things you know when you get into the forensic history and the documents and look and we have a hundred years of hindsight it's not hard to see what we're talking about so i am i'm more interested you know i went to find all of these these individuals because they're the fathers of things and they've really established a network that has gone forward through this progressive movement into the technocracy that, you know, comes singularities and AI and, you know, all of that that's very harmful on a natural level. Like we talked about at the very beginning of the show, that they're, they're really adverse to nature. And so any way that we can um, gravitate towards nature and use nature and embrace nature, that's a great way to, to create a, a beautiful argument against their plan mm. so to the viewers and listeners i invite you to go to bulletproofpub.com, look at our our read our stories but also look at our sources you know a lot yeah. of the sources are you know when we look at certain aspects of the liberation of concentration camps or you know there is all kinds of contradiction there that is admitted across the board you know you see uh, even the museums themselves at Auschwitz and and various other places, downplaying the numbers over history. See, this is why I, I find that, you know, hindsight in this hundred years of history is critical because we can see it all laid out for us that this is really what happened. There is no room really for debate. And right. so what that does is it really allows us to step away from that Jewish Question. It allows us to step away from conspiracy theory and just present documented historical fact in a forensic way that we can all look at and determine our own conclusions from. And, you know, this story goes way back to the Pale of Settlement,
1: Uh,
2: you know, uh, back to, you know, less modern times. And so we're not pointing the finger at a certain demographic and, you know not letting go we're we're it's, it's, at least us at bulletproofclub.com and the history of propaganda and myself personally we are taking it seriously we are hmm. we are looking for those guilty and if they aren't jewish then so be it but what we are finding is that there is a common theme yeah
0: right and i would say that you know since your work is focusing on particular areas of history and we've said it before when we've gotten together on these things we invite more researchers of course to fill in more blanks yes as as i'm doing the ancient areas and i'm far from alone and i'm an amateur more than most obviously there's Mm -hmm. many out there that are looking through different aspects of history to put these pieces together because okay we came to these premature conclusions of one century right and that's a good Amount of time to do what we've done with it, mm-hmm. and now it's like, okay, yeah. why? Why does it look like this? Let's go further back, and then we start mm-hmm. to go further and further back, and yeah, maybe the same theme continues. But really, when you go far, far, far back, a lot of people that are pitted against each other as good guys and bad guys are all in the same fucking pit together, yeah, and sure. so that's what it's really comes down to is. I hate to say it, but it's that us against them mentality. It really is just people that want to appreciate nature, and that really, when when we say appreciate nature, we can really say uh, hard work, uh, working for yourself, doing things, putting action your own labor, your words. As we were saying before, people are entranced by just doing a podcast or something or just listening to a podcast and not taking any action, but feeling like they've accomplished. Okay. I understand that now. So that's mm-hmm. okay. We're good. Now I can be okay with my slavery. But the action part is that nature part because the opposite is the world that they're building. It's, you don't have to do anything.
3: We'll do it all. UBI, for you. you get exactly. to live in these stack and pack houses it's the that they're Wally, building it's everywhere. Cartoon, you it's know, so yeah.
0: take action. And that means first and foremost, you know, get off, get out of the, the inform yourself, you know, area and get into the do something for yourself and do something for the people around you do something for people that you care about and love, because that's Mm -hmm. literally the, the good parts of those ancient religions. It's it's that they say, you know, life is serving others and life is Mm -hmm. gratitude endless gratitude so Mm -hmm. and i have a lot of gratitude for you guys both because you have you you do the hard work and you say you know what's the truth is you know from the research perspective from the facts that you're finding Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. that's really important and it has to go wherever we don't want it to go and wherever we get squeamish about and just put it out there and let the chips fall where they may right
2: yeah i would say that we're one of the best representations of a of a Journey to the truth that I've seen out there. I agree. So,
0: and a thorough one at that. So, mm-hmm. everybody right. definitely go to bulletproofpub.com yeah. and uh, also check out Andy Gerard, go within to get out, tell them where they can find your brother, unless I uh, just everywhere.
3: <laughs> YouTube, um Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, um, all the places. Excellent. And um yeah. I love being with you guys. Uh, I missed, uh, talking with you guys. I was just overwhelmed. The stuff was uh, really just, uh, <laughs> it's a lot at times and you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta take care of yourself out there. I'm learning that still. Um, and still need to do a better depart, uh time or a better part taking action. Cause you know, it's just like, Sometimes you just get overwhelmed and paralyzed. Like you said, a, like we talked yeah. about earlier, I've, I've spent so many years, um, putting myself in a tough sit, a tough position by making a lot of mistakes. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I've thought about this a lot. I make a lot of bad decisions that led me here. And it took like 10 to 15 years to put me in this, so it's gonna take a little bit of time. Sounds like too. redemption
0: through sin. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't yeah, know. But I think uh, and,
0: you know, maybe fanatics run away with a good idea or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what I, maybe.
2: What I'd like to say to you, Gerard, too, is that I've never seen somebody learn so much in such a short period of time. So be easy yeah. on yourself.
3: Yeah, no, I do understand that it's only been a few years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you're in an
2: area, you're in an area that not many people are. So remember that, right? When, when you're in moments of weakness that you're actually very strong and you've been able to withstand a lot of information that would have made people, other people freak right out and honestly i kind
3: of did <laughs> but right. Uh, i'm
2: right it took getting, me 20
0: years of yeah. freaking out to like be right yeah. here with you uh, right. all yeah. and you've done it in like a few years like yeah a few what years, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: honestly. almost like when neil gets he gets all that information downloaded yep.
3: yeah you that's know he just they put
2: the chip in there that's almost how you've been that's and so for you to go from from <laughs> in the time of covid to, you know not really understanding what's going on in our world to understanding the progressive movement and the technological aspect of it. Walter Lippmann and the house of truth and the exiles, that is, that is cutting edge. You know, that is the, the furthest sort of extrapolation of all of this. So yeah. uh, seriously, if there's one thing I could say to you right now, go easy on yourself. Just, you know, in those yeah. moments, take the time. Yeah. I think you did the right thing, man. I've done that too. You've got to, when it gets to be that much, just, release it all take some time go find the things that you want to do and things that make
3: you happy thanks a lot for saying that man i appreciate the support from you guys and uh absolutely we push forward like that image in the beginning with the with the little weed yes growing through the uh the sidewalk that's the truth right there i'm gonna get hiking again man i'm gonna go climb some more mountains i gotta get out there I got to get back to I'm, Massachusetts and do that. Do yes. some liking with you, man. We I, I was know. so bummed out we didn't get oh, a chance dude, I know. To, uh,
0: And my oh, life is so fucking hectic up here. day to day. Just being a parent. It's nothing I crazy. Know. I don't I have know. five jobs. It's just. <laughs> yeah. life is I see crazy, it. Man. I see it. My
3: girlfriend, uh, her family, I spent a lot of time with them. They got three children and it's oh just like God. they they have no time for themselves. They yeah. don't know what they're doing. They get so overwhelmed with the different personalities and struggles and and the pressure that's been been put on us in the last few years so i totally oh, yeah. get it man i was just like my parents were moving to california so i don't have a home in massachusetts anymore right yeah so you I was like, come up
0: here we're camping for sure yeah i was really <laughs> like i, mean, I, I gotta, was kind of like for you. and
3: i don't know if i'll be back for a while but yeah um i, I see the three of us together someday like hike in just like up up somewhere in a different world in front of us. Cause I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just not willing to accept where this shit's going. Mm -hmm. And I dream of beautiful things and people just being decent and respectful to one another. Cause it exists within me. I know it Mm -hmm. does because I live it every day. And if it exists within me and I definitely see it in others, then I know it's possible. It really is. And if there weren't dreamers, then nothing would ever change. So let's try to make some changes in our own life and don't feel pre- too much pressure if you're listening out there. Cause I, I talk to a lot of people that listen to podcasts and, and they get upset sometimes cause they feel like some of the things that people are saying are like directed at them and they feel they're like, you're not in my situation. You can't, you know what I mean? Like Mm. i have this 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 going on and it's like not everybody
0: can start a farm not everybody yeah yeah no
3: so don't don't take it too personally out there if you're hearing some of these things and you know just do your best to make improvements and don't harm other people and i think (laughs) think we can really make some some good changes in this world right
1: yeah
0: so many different angles to cover we can we can do some more parts to this uh ongoing i'd love to yeah yeah you know, keep and this going branch out and <clears throat> you know i i would like to do next time maybe and uh um, mm. i know i've said it before bringing another person in but we'll see what happens but taking the whole psychedelic angle and connect and and everything that we're talking about and the scientific management of society and all that the weimar and roping it into what's going on with uh the UFO situation and aliens. I know that sounds like it should be not even close to related, mm-hmm. but it absolutely is. Now that we mm. have sworn testimony under oath from in from former intelligence whistleblowers, now that saying that we have recovered alien or non human craft and shit like that, they are putting this psyop. It's game time. Yeah. Like it's happening now. It's not. Yes. Bluebeam, right?
3: Bluebeam is. I guess you can call Bluebeam,
0: but then again, there's a there's a legitimate operation Bluebeam that has nothing to do with fucking holograms at all. So that yeah. almost sounds like a psyop. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of those in in the U. It's, uh, but I do think it's very tied in. I really do in the way that they've shaped society to prepare for these false revelations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I would so agree. I, yeah, I think we could uh, we could go the distance on that as well. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, everybody, thank you guys so much for checking. Cheers, us out. everybody. This was this was a a diesel episode, and I love you guys and I appreciate you guys, Dwayne, Andy. Yep,
2: thank you. It's
0: been fucking real. Much everybody, love to you and everybody out there, boys.
2: you boys. Love See you, boys. you next time. Cheers.
0: Later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time.
1: Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria. Enough, I get the
3: point. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> <laughs> and you we are
2: atone. what do we know what do we know if oh. I know what we know well, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows okay uh. <laughs>